Does everybody know what time it is? Time for our second season, Super Spectacular Part 2, already in progress. That's right, it's grunt work. This brings us to uh, one of the more ridiculous segments of our podcast. And and we set a pretty high bar for ridiculous here, so you <laughs> we know certainly it. certainly do. Uh, we have come to the theories section where, you know, uh, again, if you're just listening to the show, I'm assuming the first two hours have been very confusing for you. Uh, if you, if you, if you, this is the first episode you've listened to, you are not listening right now. You, you <laughs> tore out your earbuds 30 seconds in yes. and then set them on fire. Uh, but one of the, the stupid things we do is try to come up with theories, um, to fill in the blanks, what's happening behind the scenes, what could be, um, the, the cause for certain, uh, things on the show what are what are these characters backgrounds what are their motivations what do they do in life yeah yeah what are their dreams what are their ambitions (laughs) and we have a very special surprise for you guys uh eric montgomery from the fan theory world he couldn't be joined by james which is a bummer because i hate to break up a team but um he sat down uh to go through our various theories from this season with us and help us decide whether they should be put to bed or carry on their legacy whether they should be put to bed or given a cup of coffee and told to stay awake (laughs) Uh, for those of you who don't know, the Fan Theory World is a podcast about fan theories, uh, as as the title suggests. Yeah, and worlds, uh, literally like universes, shared universes. Yeah, it's totally a fitting name for them. Yeah, not just a dumb joke I was doing. <laughs> Where uh, Eric and his co-host James curate the world's best uh, fan theories on your favorite pop culture properties, from Avatar to Zelda, from aliens to zombies, from animated Christmas movies to Zoidberg, who was in Futurama. From Justin to Kelly. Oh, you didn't get the thing I was doing. From here to eternity. From A to Z. Was I was going for oh, A's and Z's. Oh, I didn't, I didn't get that at all. <laughs> Sorry, I was trying to just do more from jokes. <laughs> uh, anyhow, they pull uh, all the great, the wild, uh, and the weird. Be sure to check them out on your favorite podcatcher, um, which is, you know, the title of the show is Fan Theory World. Follow them on Twitter, which is at Fan Theory World, or the website, which is, can you guess? Uh, Fan3 Planet? Fan3 So there you go. Yeah. Uh, so this is what you're about to hear is um, Eric and uh, Truman and me discuss our fan theories. Yes. Enjoy. Now to talk about theories, we have a very special guest with us. Uh, straight from the fan theory world, fresh off the rocket ship from that <laughs> world of fan theories, it's Eric Montgomery. I feel a little bad that we, <laughs> we had to break up the team. Uh, you, James, you are sans James right now. Uh, right, so yeah, James uh, couldn't make it today, unfortunately, um, but hopefully I can be a uh, theorist enough for two. <laughs> very good. So what, what's been going on over at the fan theory world? Oh, uh, not much. I've actually been working on a uh, fan theory for uh, Home Improvement, which I think we'll get to uh, later on. Um, yes. But uh, as at the time of this recording, uh, was actually working on Steven Spielberg verse theory. So uh, if anybody's interested in how Spielberg movies connect to each other, that's <laughs> always on our website. Yeah, we. Were, I was just listening to um, your latest episode, which is about Steven Spielberg and. Uh, it's uh, it's always fun to listen to, and you know people can find you in the, uh, these episodes over. Um, I mean, they can just search for Fan Theory World. But uh, is there anywhere else on uh, the internet, your website, uh, Twitter, that you want to promote here? 
Sure. So you can find us on Twitter at FanTheoryWorld, and our website is FanTheoryWorld.com. And we can we always look for uh, new ideas and suggestions for our podcasts at FanTheoryWorld at gmail.com. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't know you were looking for suggestions because oh. I have got a notepad full. You, you have yes. you have opened a door to a world of madness. You will regret this, I'm sure. Have I told you my theory that David Byrne from Talking Heads is a shapeshifter? And I have evidence. Only every time I talk to you, Landon. <laughs> Only every time you watch Stop Making Sense, which is every day at 7 p.m. <laughs> Oh man! Um, well, thank you so much for being here. Let's um, if if people remember our uh, season spectacular last year, what we're doing here is going over the uh, asinine fan theories that we have created throughout this season <laughs> on our show, and we're gonna look at them to see if now that uh, the season's over, if they're still possible, or if we can debunk them and uh, hang their jersey from the rafters. Yeah. <laughs> well, like in Mighty Ducks or something <laughs> yeah. like that, or just sports in general. Okay. <laughs> But specifically Mighty Ducks, the only form of sports that I can really engage with because it's a movie. Um, so let's start with one of our biggest theories on the show. One that uh, started pretty early on, even in season one. Uh, yeah. The, I, th I think even before we watched the show, we were kind of thinking this might be a thing. Yes. Uh, this is the theory that Wilson is God. And the basis for this theory is that Wilson displays, you know, a wealth of knowledge uh, and seemingly firsthand experience, a certain omniscience to him, uh, a certain benevolence, a certain uh, proclivity for nature and creating things. Yeah. Um, and, you know, very uh, specific things like you can't look upon the face of God. Yes. <laughs> you yes. can't look upon the face of Wilson. Eric, where do you weigh in on this, uh, on this theory? It just kind of makes sense to my theory brain that somebody who could just pull out random quotes at <laughs> word for word at any given time, uh, it, 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 he's either a some sort of savant for uh, <laughs> quotes and survivalism, or you know the more logical conclusion is that he's God. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, the more lo so. So what you're saying is when you watch Rain Man, your fan theory is that Dustin Hoffman is God. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Or maybe, actually, well, maybe maybe that's a new theory. Maybe Wilson is just a savant. Maybe Wilson is fence man. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, maybe he's a, a some sort of sentient uh, uh, cyborg uh, sent back in time from the future, uh, Terminator style, with like just a wealth of knowledge, and he's patched into some sort of Skynet uh, information <laughs> database. But but what they they just sent a robot back from the future to give advice to some dude in his backyard. <laughs> Uh, he was left behind like Wally, so he's kind of like decommissioned. My question, my question would be why? Why did God choose to live among us, and mm -hmm. you know why did He choose the specific location of being the uh, Taylor's neighbor? Yeah, these are these are good questions. Well, I mean, well, Landon, you've been to Hamtramck, Michigan. Is that truly mm -hmm. God's country? Is that <laughs> is that is heaven a place on earth, and is it Hamtramck? Yeah, it's not. Uh, I can say that with no no uh, no fault to Detroit or Hamtramck, uh, it's certainly not heaven. Um, <clears throat> but <laughs> that's going to be their new tourism motto. <laughs> Hamtramck, Michigan, certainly not heaven. <laughs> um, but what what I think we can look at this season um, in terms of uh, these questions you're posing, Eric, is that twice now we've seen Wilson kind of orchestrate a certain so, uh, like a type of uh, sociological experiment, a sort of like tempting Tim to kind of see if he's choosing the right choice or not. Like 
Uh, I'm thinking mm. back to uh, shoot three to make two two, where Wilson offers Tim tickets, knowing that he's supposed to take uh, Mark to Swan Lake. Uh, so to answer your question, Eric, maybe it's a uh, uh, it's God wanting to test the the resolve and the grit of his creation, uh, make sure that his his grandiose experiment in humanity is going according to his plan. Oh, well, perhaps he uh, actually lost a bet. In which uh, somebody <laughs> dared gave God the uh, the bet that he couldn't set limitations for himself, and and by Ooh. doing so, trapped himself in a mortal form ah. on Earth. Oh, that's sort of a dogma situation where Alanis right. Morissette is God. Yeah, okay, I can see that. <laughs> Say Tim was the one who bet God this, and then just <laughs> forgot about the whole situation altogether, and now Wilson's his neighbor. <laughs> That that really that takes us more into the realm of Greek mythology, though. This idea of a, a, a like really egocentric mortal making a bet with a god, and then the god <laughs> losing the bet and getting fucked over. Like I like that idea, though. Yeah, right. The the thing that the the arguments for me that take us away from Wilson being God, or at least take us away from Wilson being the Christian God, is that we recently met Wilson's mother, mm-hmm. and that makes it. That just that alone, the fact that Wilson's mother is a corporeal being walking around the backyard with him, who apparently lives in the Yukon. Yeah, she's Canadian and loves Greek food. Yeah, so they might actually be Greek, which again le- leads me to believe that Wilson is a Greek god and not a Christian god. I really do. Uh, I, I did forget about the uh, Wilson's mother making an appearance thing, which is really interesting uh, and almost seems like a nail in the coffin for the god theory, as much as I really love it. I think it's a nail in the coffin for Wilson as capital G go to church on Sunday, God. But he, well, it's like Bill Murray says in Groundhog Day, I believe I'm God, or at least a God. Okay. So he might be the latter of those two. So before we debunk this, let me pose our first uh, grunt work addendum. <laughs> grunt work addendum. <laughs> What if we say uh, Wilson might not be capital G-O-D, but uh, Wilson is divine? Oh. You you mean the drag queen divine? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) He works with Jonathan Waters often. Um, Uh, Well, well, are there pink flamingos in his backyard? I don't know, but he was fantastic in hairspray. (laughs) So, okay, let's let's all weigh in here. Uh, Wilson is God. Eric, what do you say? Uh, as much as I love the theory, it doesn't seem like he can be the god uh, if he's got a mother. So I do like the idea of him being a god. Okay. I'm going to have to go with a god, not the god. Okay. All right. Then uh, we'll make it three to to append this this theory. Don't feel pressured, man. You can be the loyal opposition. Do you feel (laughs) differently? No, no, no. I think these are all great points, and I think we're only going to continue to see... Because I know that his uh, niece comes in, and we, we do meet other family members of his at some point, so... Um, I think that a change is in order. We better do it now so that we can continue to compile correct evidence as we go forward. Okay, good point, good point. Uh, well, if, I- it, if it makes you feel any better, we technically never did see his mother. Um, <laughs> it could have just been an elaborate puppet. <laughs> and we have seen him work with puppets before. Well, te- Exactly. By that same logic, though, we've never technically seen Wilson, so Wilson could be a puppet. <laughs> Tim's just out there talking to himself with an elaborate uh, pulley system that he used from a uh, satellite on a hot Tim's roof. Yeah, it seems like a thing Tim would do. Or it's or it's Randy, who loves performing, is, is posing as Wilson this whole time. Uh, let's use this Randy 
uh, transition into our <laughs> this, next theory. This transition. Our transition. Our our second longest running theory on this show is that Randy is a psychopath. I. <laughs> I who wants We're to all go speechless first? because there's there's nothing to say. It seems pretty <laughs> factual to me. <laughs> yeah. It's, I think the past couple episodes, it's diminished, so, like, there just hasn't been as much evidence for it, mm. but even Robert Durst lay low for a while, <laughs> I mean, I, I think, yeah, I still believe in this one, I think yeah. this one, it might be our strongest at this point, because they, actually, yeah, no, I think this one is still fully in the mix. Eric, what do you think? I think uh, this does definitely has a lot of merit to it. Mm-hmm. Um, the only the only thing that uh, works against it is there's it seems to be a trend with serial killers of having a terrible family life when they're mm-hmm. young, mm-hmm. Uh, and it doesn't seem to be the case for Randy. But everything else seems to hold up. And I'd also like to add that he it seems like he's constantly trying to come up with hobbies almost to mask his real hobby. Ah, yes, yes. <laughs> okay, so you, you just gave us a, a check on both sides of the fence there, if you will. That he doesn't, yeah, you're right. He doesn't have, like, mommy issues the way that, like, Ed Gein did or, you know, yeah. uh, any of those right. <laughs> any of those people. But, um, but I'm pretty sure Jeffrey Dahmer had a totally normal suburban upbringing, and he still, like, ate people and put their heads in the fridge, so... <laughs> All right. And and also, well, no, he was Wisconsin, but basically Michigan. Basically Michigan, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's another tourism slogan. Wisconsin, basically Michigan. <laughs> Come for the serial killers, stay for the cheese. <laughs> yeah, as far as my theory goes, well... With this theory, I, I feel like there's a lot of elbow room because you can fall back on that idea that uh, how do you prove you're not crazy? <laughs> if someone calls you crazy, how do you prove you're not crazy? Especially with psychopaths who are so good at mimicking and manipulating, uh, even if you weren't a psychopath but you were labeled as one, um, it's incredibly hard to disprove. So um, I guess what I'm saying is that I, I've created an ironclad theory that will never die (laughs) (laughs) well you really don't give yourself all the credit randy is helping you every step of the way i mean in one in the most recent episode or or, you know one very recent episode tim said let's get your mother something from the heart and randy's first response is blood so the fact that he wants to get his mother blood as a gift shows both that he is trying to show affection for her to cover himself but he also fundamentally has no idea what sort of things normal humans value like he would yeah. he would want to get blood as a gift <laughs> uh and just some other examples from the season of what support this theory um early on he seemed to be assuming the identity of Brad uh he wanted to you know very you know what was it back in um not overactive groin pains oh yeah yeah uh he was getting into theater which is you know what's acting but a form of uh <laughs> mimicry and uh Manipulation of and sorts. John Wilkes Booth shot Lincoln. <laughs> Actors, man, can't there trust him. And so he was in that episode. He was like trying to uh, goad Brad by saying that, "Hey, I saw Jenny checking me out." We've posed that in the episode Howard's End that Randy actually killed uh, Howard the Goldfish um, Seems and likely. blamed it on Brad in some sort of elaborate ruse because he knew he broke the Game Boy, and if he could help Brad. Um, get out of hot water with Jenny, uh, who owned Howard, uh, that he could, you know, not, he could avoid a beating from Brad, 
um, and, and many, many other examples this season. It did seem like he was very manipulative when it came to trying to f- figure out solutions for his brothers, mm-hmm. but at the same time setting him up, setting them up to be busted almost right away. I forget. I think it was Bell Bottom Blues. Mm-hmm. Was that in? Uh, I can't remember the exact episode, but uh, it's when uh, I think Brad had to have something signed. Oh, yeah, that was Bell Bottom Blues. completely yeah. set yeah. him up. The, the, like the permission slip or the letter home from the principal. Yeah. yeah, and he even tricked me in that episode because I was like, when he suggested this to Brad, I'm like, no one's going to believe this. And then the second Jill sees it, she's like, wait a minute, that's not right. And then Randy's reaction is like, oh, what are you talking about, Father? I didn't do that. And it was like, God dang it, Randy, you got me. Uh, you got me as a viewer, not even <laughs> as your, your idiot brother. And that that's why I think this is the fan theory that keeps on giving, because, like, Randy... Randy will always be the smartest of the boys, and so you can always kind of make this argument that, oh, he planned it all along, this is all him pulling the strings. Again, we're just saying that he's working Wilson like a puppet. What is Randy if not the puppet master of Taylor House? (laughs) (laughs) That's very true. Um, All right, well, so let's let's weigh in on this. Eric, where where do you stand? I definitely uh, love this theory. I think it's true. Uh, I, I think it should continue to... Uh, pile up evidence, and I'm excited to see if we can ever come up with a movie or a show in which uh, Randy makes an appearance in as a full-fledged serial killer. I think it's called Dexter. Where do you fall on this, Truman? Oh, I, f- I fall definitely in favor of Randy still as the serial killer. I, I think this is this is kind of our... This could be our new preeminent theory now that Wilson is God. <laughs> is, uh, that Wilson is the God is now out the door, but uh, I think this one has plenty of evidence and I think will only get stronger as time goes by. Awesome. Uh, you can count me in on that as well, that uh, I think this is one of the, it's the theory, as you said, that keeps on giving because they, they keep cropping up with little lines that really don't make sense, even in the context of what is happening. But with a laugh track behind it, you don't think too much about it. Exactly. But like, why would Randy ever say, let's give her blood? <laughs> I, I mean, I even questioned you on the episode of like, was this in re- in uh, response to him saying something from the heart? Like, I had to make a stretch as a viewer to understand what he's saying. Uh, so I say this one is, uh, is is still a go. I think this one is so true that that at some point there will be fan theories that Randy isn't a serial killer. That's how that's how true it is. <laughs> the, the question that's uh, on my mind is. Uh, since some of this seems out of place as far as uh, what Randy's saying, is Randy's character modeled on a real-life person mm. uh, that one of the creators or perhaps even Tim Allen knows? Uh, okay. And may perhaps they, the actual person, had grown up to be a serial killer. So let's, uh, let's actually use this to parlay into a theory that you guys gave us, which is that uh, Tim Taylor's life is a surrogate for Tim Allen's life. And what you're kind of posing here is that maybe Tim Allen in his life knew some sort of budding serial killer uh, and wrote it into the show. Um, he may, well, I mean, he was in prison. It seems likely he would know some serial killers. <laughs> was there a 12-year-old in prison with him? That's the big question. Uh, Eric, why don't you kind of give us a rundown of this theory since uh, you guys came up with it? Oh, sure. So uh, since Tool Time seems to be a surrogate for uh, Tim Taylor's real life, uh, the, just the theory kind of evolved that perhaps Tim Tim Taylor is really uh, kind of mirroring Tim Allen's 
uh, real life uh, in our reality. And, you know, this is a very interesting theory that you you posed that um, when we first appeared on your show back in November of uh, last year. I, this is an interesting one that's hard to find actual evidence of because, uh, you know, our knowledge of Tim Allen's actual life outside of the big headlines is hard. But, you know, it's stated that uh, Tim Allen based uh, Wilson, the character Wilson uh, off of a neighbor he had in his childhood um, so I do think that this yeah. is an interesting one worth uh, tracking moving forward. Yeah. Are you saying Tim Allen's neighbor in real life was God? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, there were so many Bible stories about, you know, the guy who lived next door to God and, and all these little <laughs> adventures. Uh, so, Eric, wh- where do you fall on this still, uh, this this theory that you guys? Uh you know, I, I think this theory, it, it's hard to say uh, whether it's um, uh, whether I'm in favor of it or not at this point, because I'd love to see I'd love to see maybe looking at future episodes through the light of this theory. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would like for it to stick around if that's uh, any indication. So I guess I am in favor. OK, I mean, you know, I'm not going to say I'm against this theory. I, I like in the same position as Eric, where I'd like more information. So if I can either abstain or like put it in <laughs> in the void where the transitions hang out for a little while and just pull it back out <laughs> a little later, because right, yeah. right, you mean the oil drum, the Binford oil yeah, drum. Yeah, let's stick it in, in the old Binford oil drum. Yeah, I I kind of have the same sentiments as you two. Um, let's give this uh, theory a brand new label, which is pending. Um, let's go to one that I think uh, is going to break my heart let's go to Al Borland is a secret agent oh Uh, so the the basis for this theory started in season one where Al was just kind of uh, uh, almost sticking to the background he was kind of playing the invisible man uh, almost like he was on a recon mission or maybe uh, he was in hiding of some sorts and Throughout the season, we kind of posed uh, various narratives that he's there to ob- uh, observe. He was there sent from the agency. Now, what's interesting is that this season, there was one huge piece of evidence uh, for this theory, I think, which is uh, the the arrival of a certain blonde bombshell yeah. in overactive glance called Kiki Van... Fusker... Vreinlaw. Schweinlaw. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Fuster von Schreinerlaw, yeah. Who, okay, so it's it's basically what I think is like a Black Widow situation. Uh, we get a character uh, played by Debbie Dunning, mm-hmm. who comes on uh, to replace Lisa as the tool girl starting next season. Uh, what is she doing there in disguise, uh, doing recon on Tim Allen? I don't know. Uh, this all seems like the shady uh, underpinnings of a you know uh, nefarious government uh, spy agency. We have not seen much... Since then, and especially since Al is really integrating with society and the Taylor family, uh, it's hard for me to say we're going to continue with this one. But yeah. Eric, Eric, what do you what do you think about this? Just as a general theory, you know, it, it does seem like uh, Al is trying to getting. To, it, it seems like he's trying to get into the good graces of. Um, what is it, Mr. Benford's daughter, Maureen? Maureen, yeah. Uh, yeah. At some point. So it does kind of seem like he does have like an espionage motive to mm-hmm. that in some way, shape, or form. Uh, but other than that, it's 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 tough to find any other evidence for it. Yeah. 
I love Al so much as exactly what he is, which is, (laughs) yeah. and just thinking about how he got to be this way. Like, I'm more interested now in picking apart and theorizing about Wilson's in-canon home life where his mother has given him literally every single thing he owns and where he is... Wilson or Al? Oh, Al. Oh, yeah. What, did I say Wilson? Yeah, Wilson. Oh, God, I'm sorry. (laughs) Put a dollar in the jar. I know, I know. This is is me. Why would I be an expert on the show I do a podcast about? Technically, technically Wilson. Wilson could be Al. I'm, I'm, yeah, there you go. Technically, Wilson could be all of us. Um, <laughs> uh, but where where Al's mother has given him everything, where Al is, you know, building a, a cabin in the woods with just an axe, and where, you know, <laughs> yeah. where Al uh, has this 10-gallon cowboy hat in his house and a thousand VHS tapes <laughs> of his childhood. And tons and tons of hobbies and... Uh, you know, I, it's not something I was going to bring up here, but, you know, we have speculated twice now that maybe uh, Al is a, uh, a serial killer or some sort of killer. Uh, having his, you know, he's the one that has issues with his mother, uh, has all these hobbies, can't seem to keep a girlfriend, uh, doesn't have really any intimate relationships with people. Um, it's an interesting look. I, I That one I want to wait to make sure we get some more information on before that. But yeah, it's, he- it's, it's interesting you say that because uh, a trend that we see on our show for uh, Fan Theory World is that the more innocent the source material is, uh, the more sinister the fan theories seem to come oh. from that uh, source material. So it seems like you're taking the innocent character of Al Borland and have nothing but sinister uh, <laughs> theories for his character. It's almost like we don't trust his innocence as as humans. <laughs> <laughs> and what does that say about humanity? <laughs> what does that say about what we're hiding and that we assume that no one can be truly good and that, like, what what dark stuff is happening to us that means we have to tar everybody else with the same brush? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so, I don't know. Uh, Eric, where do you fall in this theory? I guess I can't really support it yeah. uh, with uh, the evidence presented. Uh, I would, uh, again, I'd love to see if there's a- any further evidence later on, but for now, I don't know if I can uh, get behind it. Okay. Truman? Uh, I'm. I will have to agree. I. I don't think I can, in good conscience, support this theory anymore. I think we need to put it on the raft and shoot a flaming arrow at it. Oh wow. Okay. Well, I'm not ready to to <laughs> give it a Viking's funeral yet, but uh, I, I'm. I'm willing to say let's give it temporary leave. Uh, if something unavoidable comes up in the future, we can re-explore it. But uh, for now, I say it's. Uh, it's temporarily debunked. Okay, so we'll just put it on the raft. We'll have the flaming arrow ready, but we yes. won't shoot it at it Yeah, yet. exactly. Keep the <laughs> archer uh, poised and ready to go. Okay. Um, He's going to burn his hands. <clears throat> okay, let's go, to, let's go to a very mellow theory about Wilson. Let's go on to Wilson is a pothead. Uh... I was almost going to like try and sing some like reggae beats. To, yeah, please to, don't. Uh, yeah, no, I was, yeah. Well, so we'll cut this out too. Wilson uh, is a pothead, yeah. Uh, Eric, this has kind of been this has been a theory that we brought up this season, uh, and there have been a handful of uh, pieces of evidence to support this. But um, what are your thoughts on this one? Uh, I think this is ninety nine percent has to be true. I mean, it's uh, <laughs> the, the guy is very close to nature. Uh-huh. He's very relaxed. He has a lot of hobbies. Uh, it, you know, he just spends his time. Probably reading a lot of books, I would say that mm. uh, this guy has the ultimate uh, uh, chill period in his life. Uh, <laughs> Retirement. So, yeah, yeah right. I, I, I'm all, I'm all for this theory. It makes a lot of sense, and it, it doesn't seem like there'd be a whole lot to uh, debunk it. Uh, 
Yeah, you know, it's so some of the the evidence for this theory that happened in the season is that in one of the early episodes, uh, <laughs> Tim is trying to talk to Wilson, and Wilson is like trying to really rush to get inside. He doesn't have the time <laughs> to talk to Tim because he's picking uh, these herbs from his well, what should be a garden, but really it looks like it's conspicuously tucked away underneath his workbench. Yeah, it's like the um, side of his house yeah. not where you typically plant herbs. And so he's picking these these herbs uh, in a kimono. Yeah, he's and gonna go get in the bath. <laughs> he's trying to, he's got someone over, and, uh, or did he have someone over? He or just, we just, it, it, we it, speculated we, that. We speculated that there was a woman inside who was going to go make intellectual love to. <laughs> uh, but, no, he just says that he's going in to take a bath. But mm -hmm. even then, that puts me in mind of the big Lebowski where the dude is just in the bath with the candles getting high. <laughs> and I feel right. like that's what Wilson's gonna yeah. do. Um, so... Take this piece of evidence as you will then, interpret it as you will, but in one of the, the winter episodes, Wilson is shoveling snow into a uh, cooler, and this is, <laughs> I think, where we kind of solidified this theory that he might be um, a supplier or drug dealer of some sort, uh, where he's he's packing in a like a kilo of uh, marijuana into this cooler full of ice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it, and he says that he's sending it to his friend in Pago Pago. And <laughs> here's my thing, though. If you live in a tropical location in a country that maybe doesn't have as robust of a anti-drug uh, force, <laughs> or at least one with more pliable ethics, why would you need somebody from the Midwest to send you drugs when presumably you could get much better weed homegrown? Fair, yeah. Well, maybe he's sending it back to the Yukon. Oh. That's why he's packing it with snow. <laughs> oh, because so they'll just pass yeah. it on through. It's like, oh, we got, oh, we got plenty of this. Yeah, send it through. Pago Pago is just the name of a coffee shop that's a front for his uh, drug supplying up there. Run by his mother. <laughs> Run by his mother. There you go. Uh, and then some just general um, thoughts for this theory is that, you know, as Erica said, he's always kind of pontificating on all these uh, uh, grandiose mysteries of the universe. Um, he's always super... <laughs> he's much more intelligent than really is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, he's... Always so mellow and ready to talk to Tim. Uh, as me personally, I don't have that much patience to help people. No, so, God, no. Uh, I would lose. You know, every single week someone comes out and only wants to talk about themselves. Like he, he has the the patience for it. I would um, have sold the house by now. Yeah, right. The thing that I think is kind of interesting is, uh, and I'm gonna just call this an interpretation. You've given me too much power, Eric. Uh, <laughs> too much power. <laughs> <laughs> is that Tim messes up Wilson's advice because we as an audience aren't privy to the fact that Wilson is high, but he's actually giving Tim the wrong advice because he's high and can't remember it. Uh, but we're seeing things through Tim's perspective. So when he goes back to recite it, he is actually reciting what Wilson told him. Uh, we're just, as an audience, hearing it incorrectly for the first time. Oh, interesting. So wow. to Tim... Like, we're seeing what, like, Tim hears it as super profound, but then he can't regurgitate, like, yeah, he regurgitates it literally, and it sounds dumb to all the It's like that people. moment in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, where they do that big uh, musical number at their reunion, and then all of a sudden at the end of the episode, it cuts, and they're just, like, 
fat and can't move around, and everyone's like, "What the hell are you guys doing?" Um, yeah, yeah, it's kind of like that. Okay, you pull back has, the veil. Has, has anybody ever checked the authenticity of Wilson's quotes to begin with? Uh, do we know that these are actual quotes or that they're correct when he says them? That's a good question. Uh, I haven't. Uh, I, I'm just taking Carmen Finestra and David McFadden's word on the fact that they have researched <laughs> everything. Um, so uh, shame on me. I should. I should do fact checking. <laughs> that. That alone, I think, makes this theory true. The fact that Wilson, we, we take Wilson at face value because he sounds smart. We never need to verify his stuff. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I don't know. I'm calling it. I like this theory. I think this. I want to keep going with this one. I think this one might have more legs than God at this point. Okay, Eric. Yes, uh, definite fan of this theory. Okay, uh, I, I'm going to give it a, a third go here. Um, let's go into uh, let's go into our last theory here which is uh, one that has kind of sprung up a, a little bit since uh, talking uh, with you, Eric, on your show, when we connected the Roseanne theory that it's Roseanne is a prequel to Toy Story. Oh, by, yes. And also the fact that you can connect Binford to the Toy Story universe, that all of these are, are tied together, that... The inverse must be true that if the if Binford exists in a universe where the toys can talk and move and have sentience, that the toys in the home improvement universe must also be able to talk and uh, display their sentience. Uh, Eric, you know, this is the one that you said you you might have a uh, a new thing for. Yes, right. So uh, I'm revealing that I, I've been working on a theory uh, just exclusively for you guys. Uh, I'll be putting it out when this episode drops, hopefully. Oh, okay. Um, so appreciate but you. Thank I you. I attempt to prove that home improvement takes place within the Pixar universe. Ah, okay. I know you and I went back and forth on Twitter uh, very briefly about. Uh, some sort of connection between Binford, the company, and B and M, um, or is it B and M or B B and L? B and L. B and M, I'm afraid, is a, a darker company. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I don't know if your theory connects to that at all, but um, I do find that an interesting correlation between B and L and the the Pixar universe kind of taking over everything. And as we've already seen in the second season of this show, that Benford wants to put a label on everything, including toy train cars and uh, sports balls. Yes. So Right, and, and I, I, I have uh, evidence that pr uh, proves that, well, there's a reason behind all of this. Oh, okay. And is this part of your theory? It's that BNL, which stands for, by and large, is the, the mega corporation in uh, the Pixar universe yeah. to the point that it's the only corporation basically around during the events of WALL-E. Mm -hmm. uh, I believe that in the episode of uh, – let's see here. What was it? Oh, it is uh, episode eight of season two, May the Best Man Win. Mm -hmm. Miss, uh, Mr. Binford actually elopes with a model, leaving his daughter Maureen in charge of tool time. Yeah. So – how come there's this change of heart that he j he's going to go off to an exotic place with a model, uh, take all of his money and leave, basically? Okay. Uh, my theory is that Mr. Binford actually took the new money that he received from, by and large, buying out Binford Tools. Oh, so they've retained the name uh, right. as a trusty local uh, brand name. And so Binford is, is a... a What's the corporate word I'm looking for? Mega corporation. Uh, subsidiary. Subsidiary is the go. word I was looking for. A subsidiary of B and L. Okay. 
Right. Uh, this is interesting, and I'd love to see what evidence and, and stuff you can come up with for this. Uh, and that, it is interesting to see Mr. Binford, who has had an exacting grasp, iron grip on this, uh, on tool time, um, certainly just relinquish it for a Black & Decker model. Absolutely. Uh, right. Let, let, me, let me jump in here and add a little bit onto it. So, you, so B&L stands for by and large. Uh, but maybe yes. that's maybe that's one of those them their backronyms the kids are talking about where later on down the line they change the meaning of of the acronym because maybe w- when it gets started maybe the the foundation of this company since we're positing that both home improvement and Roseanne are connected maybe BNL stands for Binford and Lanford of the Lanford lunchbox or Binford and lunchbox at least oh okay <laughs> interesting and so the the rest of this theory is just that you know that. The toys in this universe uh, tend to be moving around, and we have found kind of... So we, we have a character, a background character on the show that we call Seanzilla, based off of this theory, which is you know, Wallace Shawn plays uh, the T-Rex in the Toy Story universe, and there's this Godzilla figure that appears very prominently in both Roseanne and in Home Improvement, uh, and it's almost always in the background of every episode but sometimes it's in places where it shouldn't even be. Yeah, so there's this uh, episode that came out a couple of weeks ago. Um, I, th- I can't remember if it was... Uh, I think it was Shooting 3 to Make Tutu, mm-hmm. where it's the... Actually, it is. It's the scene where Wilson hands Tim the the Pistons tickets, where Seanzilla is on the, the patio, like right in front of the barbecue pit, and seems to be frozen in motion. Like, there's no other toys around him. It's almost like he was going out on a recon mission. Uh, I feel like they even do this in Toy Story, where there's a human coming by, so they just freeze in midair. And, like, it's what's funny about this is that Seanzilla even has his arms in kind of a uh, running forward uh, position. <laughs> like, you know, one arm is kind of up in front of him, and one is kind of behind him, and just kind of frozen in time as if he... Uh, was about to be caught red-handed. Yeah. So uh, this is a, kind of an interesting theory. I'd love to hear uh, more of what you have coming in the the pipeline with uh, the the B and L um, theory. Uh, but Eric, how do you feel about the the general uh, thrust of this theory? Uh, I I I, I want to say that it's uh, it, it's got some merit to it. Okay. Uh, because it it just seems since Tim Allen is the voice of Buzz Lightyear. Uh, and we know Buzz Lightyear comes alive. It, it's not so much uh, of a stretch to say that um, that the toys in Home Improvement also come alive. Yeah, I, I would agree. Uh, Truman, what do you get? I would ordinarily think that this is too outlandish, but the fact is we're seeing Seanzilla all over the place. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the, just b- simply based on that, the fact that this toy is so prominently featured in the backgrounds, yeah. uh, I, I have to I have to go with it. Like, I'm between yes and pending. Okay. And well, I, I'm going to throw this out, too. Uh, the interesting thing about Seanzilla specifically is that in what seems like we were introduced to him in the first Christmas episode, which is You'll Better Watch Out from season one. Actually, because that's where, where Wilson dressed as Santa, hands Mark the, the figure that he's been wanting. However, Seanzilla appears in the background of the show before that episode. Yeah, yeah. So there there is some sort of weird wonkiness going on uh, with this with this toy. Um, so I'm, I'm going to say, yes, bordering on pending... Uh, Kind of just wanting to watch uh, for more evidence and see where it goes. I don't think it's debunked yet. Yeah. Um, plausible. I don't know. We need more evidence. So I, continue watching is kind of where I fall on that. 
something to consider as well, since um, by and large may have bought uh, Tool Time and uh, Benford Tools, that perhaps uh, Tim Taylor is the one who actually voices the Buzz Lightyear toy, and there is really mm. no such thing as the Toy Story movie in this universe. He's just the voice of the toy. Uh, so that ah. kind of gives credence to that, uh, you know, Buzz Lightyear. And Seanzilla are <laughs> are toys made by uh, BNL or uh, Binford and do, do come alive. Interesting. That, I, that's really good. And that's I, really good. This is a spoiler alert for a couple seasons down the road, but I do know at one point Tim does play with a Buzz Lightyear toy on Home Improvement. So uh, this is a very interesting thing that I, I will. You should definitely continue to track it. Wow! Wow! That's <laughs> That's impressive. <laughs> um, okay, well, I think that covers pretty much all the theories we have here. Eric, did you have anything else that you wanted to uh, cover with uh, regarding theories? Uh, just one other thing I wanted to bring up that kind of goes off of the uh, the the tale of uh, the the last thing that we covered. Uh, if Indeed, Home Improvement does take place in the Pixar universe, then I don't know if – have you guys ever heard of the Pixar theory? Yes, I have. And I was actually just thinking about this while we were talking about this theory, uh, but please go ahead. So the, the the crux of the Pixar theory is that Boo from Monster Inc., uh, in order to find Sully again, she goes back in time and she becomes the old wood witch from mm. uh, Brave. Right. And she's able to channel magical energies through wood. And I believe fully that Wilson, being a scholar of ancient civilizations and possibly even magic, has picked up a trick or two um, from the Wood Witch in the past and is able to channel magical energy through an ordinary wooden fence. Oh, oh man. And he created that uh, uh, doll in uh, Love is a Splintered Thing, a mini splintered thing, Yeah, uh, the ventriloquist doll. And, and all the wooden ducks. Um, so can we extrapolate this further to say that Wilson is the one who has brought sentience? He's channeled into this magic of the old witch of Boo uh, to give sentience to the Toy Story toys. It is possible. Um, I, I, it would require a little bit more research. Mm -hmm. But I do think that he's not uh, – since the witch in this theory – can actually time travel through the wooden structures. Uh, I believe that he's channeling a small amount of energy when he's standing up against the fence to directly pull the quotes that he does from history from the point in time that they occur oh, wow. to, to say to Tim. So I think he is actually using the wood uh, for magic purposes. So Wilson's a, a warlock? <laughs> He's a, a wood warlock. Yeah, Wilson's a witch. <laughs> <laughs> okay, interesting. I mean, does that that could technically fall under the divine theory if we're taking it away from God and moving more just kind of in the, a mystical direction? Um, that could all kind of play together. That's interesting. I have to continue to think about that. He um, could be some sort of uh, pagan god that uh, just is seen as a god for his level of magical abilities. So right, we never yeah. know. Right, exactly. Interesting. Because, yeah, if you had traveled back in time with our technology, uh, you would certainly be seen as a god uh, to ancient civilizations. So yeah. uh, just because Wilson's using uh, magic or, or technology or some sort of methodology that we are unfamiliar with, we are interpreting him as a divine being when really he's just using the tools of his trade. Hmm. Right. Interesting. Okay, wow. well, I, this is... <laughs> 
That's <laughs> gone way off the deep end uh, more than I anticipated, but I love it. Yeah, yeah, man. You, you've you re-wrinkled my brain. <laughs> uh, well, that pretty much covers all the theories that uh, we wanted to talk about on this show, unless, uh, Truman, do you want to uh, ex- go into Jill is sleeping? Uh, I feel like... There's some interesting physics on the show that kind of contribute to that, but how do you, how do we prove it? How do we not prove it? Yeah, I mean, just just in 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 brief, because it's really tough to follow what just was what was just dropped. <laughs> right. There, there's an episode in season one uh, called um, There's an episode in season one called Look Who's Not Talking, where Jill has to write a speech. Uh, Tim's trying to give her space to do this. Jill is procrastinating. She goes upstairs, takes a nap. And then wakes up and comes downstairs at, just in time to see that Tim has souped up the the vacuum cleaner so much that it nearly sucks Randy into it and nearly destroys the whole house. And certainly I've been theorizing that maybe Jill is just still asleep and every other thing that's happened on Home Improvement and will happen on Home Improvement <laughs> is Jill's dream. I don't know how good that is. But uh, that's I mean, it goes a long way to explain some of the cartoon physics here. But yeah, yeah it's hard to like. Uh, it's hard to explain that unless she yeah. like wakes up, uh, you know, down the line. Yeah, you know, and then the show becomes extremely realistic. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, well, if the show became extremely realistic, they'd be getting a divorce. <laughs> this is us. <laughs> Uh, so that kind of wraps up our theories. Uh, Eric, thank you so much for uh, spending some time with us uh, this afternoon and going through all this stuff. Uh, why don't you tell everybody again where they can find you and uh, how to engage with you? It's uh, Again, you can find me on uh, Twitter at FanTheoryWorld. Uh, you can go to our website, which is FanTheoryWorld.com. And again, you can always email suggestions or theories at FanTheoryWorld at gmail.com. And yeah, it was a pleasure being on, guys. Thank you for Thank you for having me. Hey, thanks for coming on, man. We appreciate you and all the and all the hard and diligent work you guys do over there coming up with these fan theories. Well, yes. I wouldn't I wouldn't classify it as work as much as it's just obsessions. So. <laughs> you know what? I justify every hobby I have as uh, an obsession that I just say, you know, oh, this is a hobby that maybe I'll do something with someday. I, I'm sitting here yeah. looking at a wall of Landon's GI Joe toys, and I can confirm, yes, they are all obsessions. <laughs> Ladies, <laughs> give me a call. Um, all right, well, thank you so much for being here, Eric, and uh, we will uh, send everybody over to Fan Theory World. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. All right, You're I'm done. gonna hit yeah the button. Stop, stop recording. So we've reached the point in every season finale spectacular, by which I mean the one other one and then this one that we've done so far, where we... It's, it's, uh, is it two to create a pattern or three? Uh, I think it's I think it's three. Three starts a pattern. Two yeah. is just company. Uh, yes, yeah. Three's a crowd. Uh, three's yeah. a pattern. Two's company, three's a pattern. Yeah, yeah. Uh, first time is, is happenstance, second time is coincidence, third time is enemy action. <laughs> that is a quote from Goldfinger in the book, Goldfinger. Oh, how about that? I know, thank you. One of the few books I've read besides Pamela Anderson's Starstruck. <laughs> Uh, so what we're going to be doing is looking back at the season and uh, picking winners and losers, by which I mean uh, mainly picking winners. And when I say winners, I mean we are uh, the winners are the ones that are our favorite episodes <laughs> and moments and guest stars yes. and everything else. Uh, Absolutely. So with I think I've done a great job introducing this segment. <laughs> so let me ask Landon. Yeah. From this season that we've had, right. if you had to look back at all these 25 episodes, what would be your favorite one? You know, this is an odd season because I feel like there are a lot of episodes that have half of a good story. Yes. Um, And so it's hard to really love 
any of them fully. There are a few. Um, I you know I'll give you a few of my runners up. Okay. Um, you know I really thought that uh, you're driving me nuts. You're driving me crazy. Was yeah. an interesting. Uh, departure. S- departure is the word I was looking for. Just for a while. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, that joke never gets old. It literally does six not. more seasons are running oh, into the ground. Thank God. Um, I think we've run it into the ground already, bro. Yeah. We're just going deeper. <laughs> so we might come out the other side, though. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's like the rule of threes, the rule of sevens, the rule of infinity. At a certain point, it just keeps looping back and being funny. Is that an Infinity War thing? <laughs> Oh. oh god, I gotta see it again. The uh, so I really liked that one, and the the few episodes that came after that, Bye Bye Birdie, um, Karate or Not Here I Come. I think all of those. That was a very strong stretch of episodes yeah, we had. There. there was there was something in the water for those couple weeks. <laughs> but at the risk of um, of the people pointing out my uh, not hypocrisy, but perhaps um, uh, influence. Yeah. I gotta go with my favorite episode, the one that we just did an audio commentary on. <laughs> Roomy for improvement. Yeah. And I'll tell you why. It, tell it, me why. It gives us full carn. Full frontal carn. <laughs> Carnage. <laughs> we get excited Al. We get pouty Al. We get socially awkward Al. We get Casanoval. Ah, uh, yes. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, just, it, it, we have a, a couple fun uh, tool time segments. I mean, we do have one of the worst guests on uh, Michael and Mario Andretti. We, we get Hattie. We get an, a, 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 a cameo. That's uh, the word I was looking for. A uh, Hattie-o. <laughs> Hattie-o. A cameo appearance of Hattie. Um, appearance is what I said. At it's least just, you're calling it, it's, it out. It's real, you know... There are big laughs and there are heartfelt moments. You yes, know, um, that look, man, that look that he gives Tim. Yeah, and says, but and we both get uh, two big laughs from me in the episode are both uh, dancing ones because when Al goes to answer the door while Gordy Hawkins is playing, and um, when Tim is leaving Al's apartment after he closes the door and can't help but dance a little to it, it's bookended by dancing. It, it, that moment when Tim dances really shows me that despite all of his thick skin and. Uh, what he, I would assume, likes to be Teflon to keep Al out of his life. Teflon Tim. Al seeps in a little bit. I, I, you know, and also it shows that this is a point. There is no one around to watch Tim do this. Mm-hmm. He's not doing it for attention. He's doing it for himself. Yeah. Tim is dancing with himself w- without the <laughs> mirror's reflection, uh, but still. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that, that's, that's my choice. Roomy for improvement, um, Fine ended choice. up being one of my favorites. There are a lot of great contenders, but what about you? What do you got for favorite episode? Well, uh, so let me start first off. I am so glad that we both didn't pick the same episode as our favorite. <laughs> Cause this would be so lame if people listened to this much show and they're like, yep, we liked all the same stuff. I agree. And we are in agreement. Yeah. Always our catchphrase. Well, my runners up, um, I loved you know, I loved driving me. You're driving me crazy. You're driving me nuts yeah. as well oh, because I got that backwards. it yeah. was uh, yeah, whatever. It was because for the reason that I had the word departure right there on deck is because I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a true departure from what it normally is. We don't yeah. see Tim and Jill in the car very much. Typically, we don't get Tim and Jill outside of the house or outside mm-hmm. of tool time or outside of the backyard. At least not together. No, certainly not. Yeah, yeah. So to get them in the car driving around. That that alone is fun, and then also just just the kind of farce, farcical nature of them going in circles, yeah. and and this, they've got the, they've got this crazy relative who always gets <laughs> left at the altar. Yeah. I, I don't know. It was a fun and refreshing departure. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I, I loved Overactive Glance as well. Okay, yeah. I, that I mean, that's another one where they're out of the house together. Exactly. So maybe I'm just picking the ones that, that, that varied up the formula the most. Yeah. But I, I love... I mean, and part of it is him in this restaurant full of people choking and they're all grunting <laughs> at him. The fact that, that this restaurant has this bizarre staff that doesn't care that they're destroying the whole so place. Weird. I mentioned it while we were recording that episode. It does, but I've watched some Boonwell films since we recorded that episode and it doubly feels like a Boonwell film. Okay. It's just like it, this weird, surreal uh, echo chamber of a, of a area, just the Bombay Inn restaurant where nothing really makes sense, but it has the like the surface of reality but yes. like cartoon physics and the motivations of people don't really gel i i think i said before it was like the hotel in barton fink yeah. and i will say that again because <laughs> i have not seen a boonwell film barton fink tops out for me there you go uh but my number one the episode that was my favorite yeah. to build or not to build the mother's day oh, episode okay this episode was pound for pound the best episode of the season. I think you uh, even said so uh, on on that episode. I, I did. So I this should guess. This should come as no surprise to anyone. I <laughs> uh, no the, the episode. I, I think it kept a really tight focus on the plot, but mm-hmm. there were still lots of laughs. Um, I uh, this is you know the episode where Randy is, it's Mother's Day right. and and Tim is trying to have the boys make heartfelt gifts for Jill and. Right. Mark and Brad have taken to this, but Randy is uninterested in it because he, as he, exp- you know, at first it's put off to him being lazy, but then he explains to Tim, like, I don't like doing this. I want to show my love in other ways. I.e., I don't want to be you. Exactly. I don't want your life. <laughs> uh, and it was like, that That for me was, like, I really identified with that. And this was one of the first times that we kind of see that Tim's sons have a way of expressing themselves that doesn't involve mm-hmm. hammers and nails. And that in and of itself is a realization of the dream that Jill first articulated in shooting three to make two, two. Yeah. And so it, to, to me, it made Randy more relatable to me, even though we are put, putting forth that Randy is a serial killer. Just this idea, <laughs> like as soon as yeah. Tim said, ah, oh, we're going to make it a man cave and we're going to be building stuff and getting splinters. And, and I'm just like, ah, oh, like every time he, t- he gets, he's trying to get the boys all hyped up on, on, tool stuff i'm like oh god that sounds boring yeah and for the first time i realized that one of the boys feels the same way that i do right so i like that uh tim tim in this one has a real moment of being a good husband where he surprises jill by revealing that he's made a dinner reservation at this wonderful restaurant yeah months and in that's advance. not even like a a plot point it's just no. a thing he did it's and it's just like okay tim good for you i get it sometimes <laughs> Uh, you know, we have that fan theory destroying appearance from Mrs. Wilson. <laughs> yes. But best of all, well, and also we have, we have, uh, Rock's poem. Oh my God. Yeah. Or not Rock's. Mike. Pete. Pete's poem. Yeah. Played by Mickey Jones. Yes. My, my yeah. B. I'm sorry. I get Rock and Pete mixed up. I also get Brad and Randy and Mark mixed up. And, and the actual actor. And names. yes, true, <laughs> true. All of this. Uh, but the. You know, we get him doing the poem about his mother, but then best of all, we have the K and B guys and Al singing that tribute, oh that my God. tribute song to mothers while holding up the the tools to spell yeah. out the word mother. The uh, construction site quartet. It was. It was just. It was. Be- <laughs> this is what a home improvement episode should be. If I could show you one episode of Home Improvement to show you the show at its best yeah. to explain why I'm doing this crazy thing, <laughs> uh, that would be the one. Okay. To build or not to build. All right. And and that. That, and that is what I say. That is all. Try and convince I think, me otherwise. I, I won't, because I think you're entitled to your opinion, and I respect and support it. Thank you. I respect and support your opinion, even though it's not the same as mine, and therefore wrong. <laughs> uh, 
I next up then in the line we got favorite moment, which mm-hmm. I guess is your favorite moment from any any given episode of Home Improvement yes. this season. Right. Uh so yeah, so this isn't necessarily even if it's in the middle of an episode that is like because I feel like we've said lots of these episodes. Yeah. Every episode has brilliant moments even, in it, even if they're not great. Yeah, even Love is a Splintered Thing, which I think is next. It's a competition between that and Dances with Tools for weakest episode yeah. for me this yeah, season. Yeah. Uh, still had moments where uh, you know it was worth it. Um, but uh, in terms, of, I mean, there are a lot of great moments this season. Yeah, uh, I would even venture to say maybe not as iconic, but more of them than season one. Yeah. I'll give you just some, I'll throw out some ones that I really thoroughly enjoyed. Uh, yeah. I mean, how can you not love Al walking in <laughs> as a cowboy in heavy metal? Oh God. With the hat. <laughs> yeah. Full country line dancing garb. It's just, it's a, a tour de force performance of uh, Richard Karn there. Uh, Tim told me it was a cowboy party. <laughs> <laughs> yep, Tim told me it was a cowboy party. <laughs> howdy, howdy. Uh, Tim told me it was a cowboy party. <laughs> and, you know, I think you just nailed on the construction quartet and to build or not to build is another brilliant moment. No doubt, no doubt. Uh, and I, in that episode, too, which we just mentioned was um, Mickey Jones's uh, mother poem. Yes. Which is just, it's it's on, if you haven't seen the episode and you don't have any interest in watching Home Improvement, at least watch that clip, which I know is on YouTube. Yeah, get, get that much. <laughs> um... I have to say, in You're Driving Me Crazy, You're Driving Me Nuts, when Tim walks into the convenience store yeah. and they say, oh, hey, how are you? Or, hey, welcome back. And he, <laughs> he, goes, he goes, I'm in hell. I'm yeah. in hell. It just the way, just like, I'm in hell. <laughs> uh, That's love, a good one, too. I don't remember what episode this is. I have two bits. Mm-hmm. That, that are spectacular to me. Wait, have you got like a favorite one? That you're I do have to? a favorite oh, one oh, that the, we're leaning the, the, to. Then don't let me cut. No, that's all right. Off. We're just throwing out honorable mentions uh, back I, and no, forth no, here. No, 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 no. Well, I don't know. Like you keep going because I don't want to toss out your No, you're the one. best. Um, <laughs> uh, well, I really liked in uh, Roomy for Improvement, the the whole line calling dance uh, when mm-hmm. <laughs> Al puts on the record. Yeah. He goes to the door when Cynthia knocks and he like does a little jaunt backwards. And yeah, goes yeah. Towards Teasing it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, most of mine are Richard Karn. Of course. Um, but you're, you might be surprised to find my favorite moment is actually a Tim moment. I, I think I might know what it is. I think you might too. I, I've stated as much a couple times this season. Yeah. I just, I have a very soft spot and I think this comes from my love of silent comedy of a well-constructed sight gag is one of my favorite things of all time. Yeah. And, this goes to my favorite moment of the season, which is the loader moment from Bye Bye oh, Birdie. I was, I'm glad you said it. I was going to list, mention that. Because yeah. it's like, okay, and I'll tell you, I'll, I'll kind of walk you through why I think this is brilliant. Because the tool time scene starts with a close-up of these teacups. Mm-hmm. And uh, we kind of pull out, and we are talking about um, they had constructed this nice little uh, uh, wooden cabinet set to hold Al's teacups or Al's mother's teacups yeah and you know Tim then you know does one of his mother-in-law jokes uh or Al's mom jokes I guess it would be in this situation Mm -hmm. where he's like oh well what about her d-cup collection pulls this like gigantic bra out and you think that the teacups uh were set up specifically for that joke yeah and you know as far as jokes go about Al's mother okay whatever yeah funny enough we didn't expect more yeah tea to d cups like okay great and then they just kind of like veer away from the the teacups and you don't think about them anymore because you're like they serve their purpose it's great yeah and then tim you know they're gonna lift this cement out of the ground and al wants to do it the old-fashioned way yeah uh by you know getting this little this tool and wedging it up 
Um, yeah. And Tim's like, I got a better idea, more power idea. He disappears backstage. You hear this revving of the engine. And then all of a sudden, this loader starts coming out filled with uh, with dry ice that he's going to pour on the cement to get out. And then, of course, he loses control. Naturally. Goes over the cement. And then the the mouth of the loader comes up and just smashes down on the teacups. It was so It's so perfect. It doesn't touch anything else but the teacups. <laughs> and it's like you it's, – it's almost like a Buster Keaton sketch where you – you know, like the, where the house wall falls down and he goes through the window where it's like this yeah. massive thing for such a small, minuscule uh, destruction. Yeah. It's like, I guess, like a wily e. Coyote thing where you're going to blow up a tiny little bird with the most amount of rockets and dynamite that you can get. Yeah, yeah. The overkill is what makes yeah. it so good. Yeah. Uh, and the fact that it wasn't a cartoon, that it was actually filmed. Yeah. Um, I know. I It just, it really, really is my favorite moment. That's that's brilliant, man. That is that is truly, truly one of the best of the season. <laughs> what about you? Do you have a few more and then you got a favorite? I mean, yeah. I, I think it's cheap for me to say Al and the K&B guys singing about mothers. Yeah. So I'm going to like, obviously <laughs> that would be it. But instead, I mean, I don't think that's cheap, but I, the, I get what you're saying. I get it. Yeah. yeah. The one that, that brings me, I mean, I love in Rumi for improvement when Tim puts on Hattie and is looking at Al with this hopeful, <laughs> yeah. desperate look like just look, Al, I put on your stupid hat. Can we please leave and go someplace else? Yeah. Something about that. That look always gets to me. Uh, I love in karate or not. Here I come when Tim is about to get punched and then he says, whoa, whoa, wait. And he says, Mark, this is why you shouldn't fight or something like that. Like <laughs> yeah. where he where he uses this thing that's about to happen as a teachable moment to humble himself sure. for his son. Um, this is a great moment. And, you know, I think good, too, that we have to realize not all moments have to be funny. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of moments that aren't funny uh, in where there's a will, there's a way mm-hmm. when Tim mm-hmm. reflects about the death of his father uh, is big for me i mean i I love that one yeah it, and it i think speaks to his innate abilities as a performer to um i don't just perform i you know to, to handle comedy and drama at the same time yeah that's that showing that versatility mm-hmm. but for what my favorite moment from the season is and this is going to be a little disappointing because i can't remember specifically what episode but it is the tool time segment where tim and al have done the uh the binford <laughs> promotion bit <laughs> And they, they introduce what, what, you know, they've, you know, and if it's not, if it doesn't say Binford on it, it's made by somebody else. And they stand there and the outro music plays and then they just <laughs> turn like with panic in their eyes and sprint to the next set and then <laughs> take up positions there. You, you made a gif of it that you put yeah. out there and I've seen that, that to me is just bliss. bliss it is, yeah. it is one of my favorite moments. Well, I mean, it, no, them singing is my favorite moment, but that is, <laughs> that is my favorite moment. That's not that moment and is not the, the backhoe. You know, and I think that right now is an appropriate time to choose that as your favorite moment. Cause I think that's something that they beat into the ground by the end of the series. Oh, so you have, uh, you got your little, um, your first taste of it. You know, it will, for a thing to be beat into the ground, it's a pretty simple bit. Just them running to the next set. <laughs> yeah. Like that, that is a thing. I don't know if I can get tired. Oh, of. okay. Well, there and you go. Having said that, they will find a way to make me tired. Of it. <laughs> They'll add transitions to it. Oh They'll... God. <laughs> it is basically a transition. That's the real thing. It's a lack of a transition, which is ironic that on <laughs> it's, it's yeah, it's the absence of yeah. a thing. Tool time doesn't have any transitions because home improvement has stolen them all. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, Okay, so that's that's your favorite little little moment. Yes, uh, I love that. Um, yeah, let's go on to favorite guest star. Yes. Um, now this season's a little difficult to choose. Unlike I, season one, they just jam packed it with they all the best character actors. Yeah. Uh, but this year, it's it's a little. There's a different caliber in this season. Uh, in season one, you know, you had Stephen Root, you had David Warshawski, you had, uh, you know, 
any number of just great characters. But this season, we have uh, not lesser actors, but less actors coming yeah. in. But the, the ones that are there are sometimes stepping into larger roles. Mm-hmm. Unlike, you know, uh, Stephen Root was just there for a scene in the first season. Yeah. So, okay. So do you do you have a uh, favorite guest star this season? My first choice is uh, you're driving me crazy. You're driving me nuts. The cop and the uh, and the guy in <laughs> yeah. the in the convenience store. Marty I, and the cop. Marty and the cop. I en- I enjoyed On that. CBS this fall. <laughs> <laughs> He's a cop. He's a guy named Marty. <laughs> They're cops. <laughs> I, I they solve crimes. I, I don't know. CBS. It, it's an NCIS spinoff probably. <laughs> um, so I think that. I should probably give it to Jessica Wesson hmm. because Jenny, you know, she's a big part of the, uh, the season. But yeah. I honestly, I want to give it to the, I, it's K&B guys. Okay. Because every time they're on, they bring me so much joy. Yeah, and it's kind of true. a and cheap shot, but I, I it's the no, K&B I, I think that's totally justified. I mean, that's how you make these decisions is like the people that bring you joy and the people that, like, that's how I chose mine too. I, I The way that I arrived at my decision was looking at everyone and thought, who would I like to continue to see? Who would I want to see more of? And while I don't think she particularly had a lot to do this season um, or made as big of an impact as she did on the first season, uh, I would choose Betsy Randall. As Karen. As Karen, uh, Jill's best friend. That's, I mean, that's good. I mean, she definitely brought something to the show. And hearing that she won't be around in the future, I mean, I hope Jill continues to have friends. (laughs) I do, too. I mean, there's the, the guy who... The guy who created BoJack Horseman, Raphael Bob Waksberg, a year or two ago, posted... not a real name. That is a real name. Watch the opening credits. It's a name. (laughs) That is the name equivalent of the kid acting as an adult (laughs) on that show. I can't remember that. Vincent Adult Man? Vincent Adult Man. That's the name equivalent of that. Or one of the co-stars on Horse and Around, Bradley Hitler Smith. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Uh, Maybe those are all plays on his own name. It might be. I mean, it's a hyphenated last name. Okay. The point is, he did a poem on Twitter that was just called, Does Marge Have Friends? And it's just all about Marge Simpson and how... She doesn't really seem to have any social life mm-hmm. outside of anything else. Like there's her sisters, maybe that she doesn't even really like. Yeah, yeah. The, like the the poem kind of suggests that Maud Flanders was the only person she was close to, and even then, Maud dies on the show right, yeah. because of Homer, and that that Marge <laughs> lives this depressing existence without friends, mm. and that it's you know quietly speaks to the sort of ingrown misogyny of of TV shows yeah, where right. women don't really have lives outside of their husbands. Right. So the point is. I hope that Jill continues to have friends who are a part of her show. I'm just sorry that <laughs> I do too, yeah. Karen is not going to be one of them. I know. It's sad to see her go. Um, and that's partly a small reason of why I chose her, because like I won't get the chance to choose her again. Um, but you, I, you gotta taste it now. She's she's had a bigger impact on this season, um, not in the episode she's in, but just as the overarching story. She got Jill the job at Inside Detroit magazine. Oh yeah. She uh, started dating Dave. And Dave became a two-part episode, essentially. I mean, it wasn't like a continued next week. Not continuous parts, but yes. (laughs) Uh, And so that was weaved into, you know, a little bit of the themes in some of the episodes we saw this season. And yeah, I don't know. Uh, I just, I really like Betsy Randall. I think, you know, we had speculated, not speculated, there was rumor that she was up for the role of Jill. And I think of any actress that I've heard rumored to be up for Jill... I think Karen or uh, Betsy Randall uh, would have done a great job at it. Yeah, I think she I mean, it's hard for me to imagine like anybody else in that role, but she's she's good and she holds her own with Tim, which is what Jill does. And you can see why she and Jill are friends. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's my choice. Okay, that's good. That's I I respect that. I don't agree (laughs) with it, but I respect it. Well, we're going to have to come to an agree and we are in agreement 
on this next one. Shouldn't be too hard. It is the MVP debate. Yes. Now, if you don't remember from last uh, Spectacular, we're going to go down the main cast of characters, and we're going to choose the MVP. We're going to have to mutually agree on who we think the the MVP of the season is. And I have mine picked out already. I, I have mine as well. I really hope it's not the same as yours. <laughs> what if it is? That's going to be so funny to me. Yeah. Um, let me just go uh, do a quick list of the, the main people that are contenders here. Um, Tim Allen, obviously. Patricia Richardson. Richard Karn. Earl Hinman. Uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Zachary Ty Bryan. Taryn Noah Smith. And just because I could, I threw her in there. Pamela Anderson. There you go. Okay. So uh, let's. Uh, I'll, I'll let you draw first blood. Oh, like who? Who the first one who I who I dismiss? Yeah. Put put someone on the chopping block and uh, make a make a case. Uh, I'm gonna put Pamela Anderson on the chopping block. Chop. She's gone. She's eliminated. I I wow. <laughs> I mean, well, yeah, because she wasn't even there. She wasn't yeah. even a player. And I I have no a little less sympathy now that I've been forced to read Star. I I know. I feel. I'm glad we read these books at the end of our Pam's Corner <laughs> experience because we would not have kept up with it otherwise. Uh, yeah, that's very true. Um, it, it, you know, it, it is sad to see her go. Uh, I do have very fond memories of Heidi. Uh, it's weird to say I have fond memories of someone we haven't seen yet. But, well, we've both watched <laughs> the show before. I mean, we Temporal get it. Thing. Yeah. yeah, so I'm excited to see uh, Debbie Dunning come in as Heidi, and I know that they make her a much bigger character than Lisa ever was. So as much as it pains me to see Pamela Anderson go away, um, I know we have bright stars in our future. I, good, good. There will always be another hot girl to wheel out the mailbag. <laughs> All right. So Pamela Anderson is eliminated. Yeah. All right, your turn. Draw some blood. Draw some blood. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna put a controversial one out there first and foremost. I'm gonna say we eliminate Earl Hinden. I yeah. love Wilson, but he really got downplayed this season. Uh, doesn't have a whole lot to do, um, or even offer Tim too much. You know, like I f- almost feel like his where where season one it almost felt reverse engineered from advice the episode yeah, was. Yeah. This one was like, how what can we? What tangential advice can we? ham-fist into this episode you know i i I was resistant at first but you know you're right there are a lot of these episodes where he mostly just kind of restates what tim's problem is or like gives tim some anodyne advice that anybody could have given him but he just says yeah or there's that one episode where he's like well i don't know gotta go inside bye yeah yeah. oh yeah 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 that was this season yeah he just darts inside yeah okay I'm not, I can't I can't offer you anything to to say no to that. That is not the first one I would have picked, but yeah. you know you're right. I think he had less this this time around. Yeah. So that that's my pick for first elimination. Okay. Let's I say I say let's eliminate him then as well. Okay. What what do you got next? Mark. Okay. I I'm I'm cutting Mark out. I think that Mark there was less for Mark to do this season because yep. he's getting less cute. Mm-hmm. He has less some, gullible. He has some true. Well, not less gullible, just less cute. They're, they've kept written him as equally yeah. gullible even as he gets older. But he's fighting back now that puberty's hitting. Yeah, a little early bit. puberty. Or, yeah, the the first the first advanced scouts of puberty appearing on the horizon. <laughs> uh, you know, At seven years old. His best moment is him popping up and going like, "Can we break? Can I take Billy to the monster truck show?" <laughs> yeah. That's good. But um, I, I like his moment when uh, he's the lookout for Jill while they're trying to figure out the presents for him. And yeah. she just comes down. And he's like, here she is. Yeah. Uh, but so he had those. But he's not if the, he wasn't the, if he wasn't there. Yeah. The, the real meat and cheese of the Home Improvement Boys sandwich mm. is is Randy and Brad. So what does that make Mark in, in the sandwich metaphor? Like is he Mark the, is the lettuce? Is he the toothpick that goes through that has that like foil on the top? Of yeah, actually, yeah, he's that. He's that. 
Mark is just a piece of garbage that holds your sandwich together. <laughs> oh, man. Ouch. Oh, I love Taron. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. Sorry, Taron. <laughs> hey, look, you got six more seasons to pull it together. That's true. Yeah. And he's he's got some interesting stuff coming up. So um, I will agree with that. Taron Smith uh, is eliminated. Man, we're going through these pretty quickly. I know. Well, I mean, it's I think I, uh, maybe we have the same one in mind. You maybe. Well, OK, so we've got we've got five people left over and I think they're going to get starting a little harder to eliminate here. Um I'm going to put another controversial one out there. Uh, I think Patricia Richardson. I, I it it I can't. It's hard for me to even say those words because I love her so much. But like Wilson, <laughs> you pop a hose or something. I'll bet. I'll bet. Keep going. Keep talking. <laughs> um, keep talking. Patricia Richardson, unlike the first season, kind of just just like Wilson, kind of takes a step back this season. Uh, there isn't as much Jill-centric episodes, and, you know, it, she started out the season strong, getting the job, going out, on house, you know, out of the house and dealing with those problems, but then, like, after episode four or five, she just kind of, like, becomes part of the, the background, part of the, the I don't know, uh, that, that, this is what I'm putting out there. What, what do you have to say for Patricia Richardson? I don't think so, Landon. Oh, okay. Jill getting the job in this season is the realization of something her character has wanted from season one. Yeah. Uh, Jill, Jill's insistence that Tim do a thing that she wants to do is what leads... Like, I know we don't like Dances with Tools, yeah. but that episode is driven by her wanting Tim sure. to, to come meet her halfway. Uh, the the episode uh, Shooting Three to Make Two-Two, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that episode because her... like what What is the driving force behind that is her wanting her kids to have cultural experiences that Tim is not opening them up to. Mm-hmm. That doesn't get addressed properly. <laughs> but, uh, it, you know, that, that one and... Well, here's my rebuttal for that. Yeah. Is that... And I think that Shooting Three to Make Two-Two is a great example of me... Uh, of what I'm saying about her fading into the background is that... She doesn't do much in the episode. She's there to create the conflict for Tim. She's not actually going through an arc in that. She's, you know, she. It's about Tim and Mark going to the thing. We. She just goes off to the the work thing that she has to do and comes back. So she's only there to have Tim bounce off of. Yeah. She's not integral. I mean, she's integral in that she's set the stakes, but she's not integral in terms of the character arc. I think. Um, much ado about Nana is a much stronger uh, uh, piece of evidence in, in favor of her because that episode is very much about her arc of um, you know coming to terms with her her mother and how they don't speak about these sorts of things and yeah a great performance from Patricia Richardson yeah and and I mean but I think that the existence of an episode like that one is her move it shows her moving to the forefront I mean we get mm-hmm. a whole episode where. Her mother visits, she's coming to terms with the issues in her mom's life, the fact that her husband belittled her mother to the point that she went on a crash diet that's probably not healthy. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. I, I, well, this is the, I completely agree that, that there's, you know, a lot of these episodes, Jill's problems are just used as a catalyst for Tim's adventures, but that that is a problem of the writing and yeah. not a problem of Patricia Richardson's performance. That's I fair. think the fact well, that she brings so much to it in spite of the material minimizing her. I just realized that we have forgot to set the criteria. We had three criteria last season uh, for eliminating and choosing, which is um, moments of brilliance throughout the season. It was a uh, character arc throughout the season, and it was um, 
I think uh, the performance or could the show be the same without them? Uh, something like that. So, so for two of those right there, could the show be the same without them? And absolutely, yeah, absolutely yeah, not. yeah, no. Uh, arc throughout <laughs> the season, uh, she gets a job. She starts to excel at that job. She uh, become she starts to establish some degree of financial independence from yeah. Tim, much to Tim's chagrin. Uh, I think that uh, I think that by those criteria, I, I I think that she remains in the running. So I'm not gonna. Okay, I'm not gonna oh, agree well, let's that put one. pause on it. Yeah, yeah. I, my my last note to that is that yes, she goes through all those things, but we're not privy to her experience except through the the lens of Tim, and that's sure. what makes me hesitant about. Sure, it. but we'll 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 keep her on the chopping block, but we won't eliminate her. Right, <laughs> great. Now. We did good. the same thing to her last season too. Yes. <laughs> um, all right, let's go. All right, that was my choice. So you, you who's your next person? Uh, my next one is going to be um, Tim, I think. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's a, <laughs> the show couldn't be the same without him. Yeah. He does have moments of brilliance throughout, but it's just, it's like, the, the I don't know if we're ever going to pick Tim as the most valuable player on the show that is built around him based on his stand-up comedy, because it's the people yeah. around him that make the show work. Yeah. A tremendous. Pro- it's hard because you've got your copy of "Don't Stand Too Close to a Naked Man" sitting right behind you, and Tim He's Allen staring is, at you, t- and him, and then two images of him from the DVD box set and the DVD. The, they're all three of them are looking at me like, "Now what are you saying, Truman? Now you don't think I'm good? You ever start on a TV show? You ever been to prison? Well, look." Uh, Mr. Allen, I think that you're, I'm looking, I'm looking right at him now. Mr. Allen, I think you're a great actor. I really do. And I think that you're, you're really hilarious on this show, but it's what, you know, what it, again, it's like stir fry, man. There's the meat, but then the vegetables around it simmering in the meat or the tofu for uh, my vegetarian co-host. That's really (laughs) what, like, those are the things that really make the whole meal. Like, Yeah. yeah, the meal wouldn't be the same without you, but the meal also needs the other people there. Yeah. And I, if memory serves me, there are some interesting things that happen in the future with Tim. And so I don't think I necessarily agree that we won't ever pick him. Um, but in terms of looking at his arc through season one and two, I mean, he kind of feels like the same person from the pilot episode as he does at the end of great race, maybe only further beaten up by his own hubris. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so I don't think he has much of a character arc as of yet. Um, he has great moments, uh, the teachable moment you mentioned from uh, Karate or Not, Here I Come. Yeah. Um, where there's a will, there's a way, is a, a much mentionable performance yeah, yeah, of his. Yeah, laudable. Um, but I, I would agree. It's, I think as far as this season alone goes... Um, Chop. Chop him. He's a little too over-hyper-masculine for me. Yeah, yeah. I think smooth off some of those edges a little bit and uh you know we'll we'll get we'll get a stew going as you <laughs> continue with that metaphor you mentioned you know you know landon if we put tim allen here in the miter box we can smooth off those edges with the binford 6800 power but sander i'm not interested in this now but but what, well, how else am i supposed to interact with you huh i mean come on we got the splinters out there we got the hemi 268 uh hot rod engine i gotta learn some terms for these bits man my improv sucks <laughs> Okay. All right. So are we in agreement Tim Allen is eliminated? We're, we're, oh, we're in man. agreement. Sorry, wow. Tim. Okay. I don't think so, Tim. I, I got to bring... I, whoa. Okay. I'm I'm going to put Jonathan Taylor Thomas out there. I'm not I'm not going to argue with that. There's another boy who, who would be a harder cut, but right now... I mean, he's good and he's yeah. funny yeah. in it, but his biggest moment in, the sh- in this season really is... 
Well, I guess it's him flying around as Peter Pan. It's him being in the play. <laughs> yeah. It's him signing up for Ventriloquism Act, but then we never see him do Ventriloquism. Yeah. And then the biggest one is him being a little grubby thief. <laughs> right. But I, I think, as you mentioned, like, the him stating his independence from his father's interests is his biggest moment on the show. Uh, okay, that is very—and that is good. And that's, like, toward the end of the season, so, like— I feel like we're only just getting a taste of his individual personality and that he's got many, many more arcs to come. As these, as these, just forget the characters, as the Mm -hmm. actors get older and are capable of, I mean, and not to diss Jonathan Taylor Thomas, I think he is capable of a lot of depth, but like as the kids get older, they're going to have more interesting plot lines. There's going to be more interesting stuff as boys become young men. And so I think that there, you know, yeah, I think that we have, they, each of these boys may have their time in the sun. Okay, so for um, vindication of all of his victims, Randy has been chopped. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, you know, just like just like the Golden State Killer finally brought to justice. <laughs> there you go. Uh, okay, so that uh, leaves uh, us. Also, is that a reference to the TV show Chopped? Where isn't don't you get chopped when you're kicked off? We haven't discussed whether or not Randy is a cannibal. Does he eat his victims? Is he a chef? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, okay, so this uh, this is a little tally of where we stand so far. People who have not been eliminated. Richard Karn, Zachary Ty Bryan, and Patricia Richardson is up for debate. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're all up for debate, but yes. uh, she's she's on pause. Those are the three left, yeah. So who do you got next to eliminate here? <sighs> you know, it's really hard at this point because they're all great. I think the next one that I would chop is Brad, mm. even though I really like... I really Brad has been great this season. I didn't expect Brad to be my favorite boy, but uh, the stuff he's been going through with getting brought home by the cops, yeah. getting into all this trouble, him him breaking out as kind of the dumb kid, yeah, is funny to me. Uh, I'm gonna I'm just gonna pull back the curtain here. Brad is my choice for MVP. Damn, son. so it's gonna take a lot to convince me otherwise, and I realize it might take a lot to convince you. Of it. Yes. Um, but you're making all the points that I, I would have for his trajectory this season. Yeah. Well, I mean, what the thing I would just say in, in you know, against that is that there's a lot of good, like, the reason I would, I would chop him over uh, Jill or Al is mm-hmm. that, uh, yeah, he has a bunch of good moments, but I think Jill and Al have more good moments. If there was more of Brad, and maybe this is... Maybe this speaks to the fact that he's always going to be a supporting character on the show. I guess all yeah. of them are. We chopped Tim. But I, but yeah. I think as a supporting character, he is utilized as much as that character can be utilized. Sure. Whereas Jill, I feel like, falls into the background where we could have had more scenes and, and episodes delineating her experience or uh, bringing us into her experience a bit more. Yeah, but uh, the, but then I feel like that almost unfairly biases the show against female supporting characters because the show doesn't get as much into the female <laughs> mind or psyche. I think it does in the future, though. I really do. If memory serves, I mean, because Jill, we, we've got, she goes back, goes back to school. She, you know, does a bunch of fundraiser stuff. Mm. Like, she has a lot of Jill-centric episodes moving forward. Yeah. I'm I, well. Look, I'm gonna pull back the curtain. Jill is my pick. Oh, we, okay. We, oh, shit. We didn't pick Jill last year, and I no, haven't quite. And I, I, I know. I picture Patricia Richardson secretly being a huge fan of this podcast, <laughs> and be, and it. like listening to season one and being like, they talked about me all season long, yeah. and they pick freaking Richard Karn she instead was... of me. <laughs> She was the people's choice, though. Yeah, she was the people's choice, and now I'm like, the people have spoken. Let's go with the people. Like, you know, <laughs> enough of our stupid electoral college. Uh, I, well, okay, so if we, we are, our choices are at odds with each other, where does that leave Richard Karn? 
Uh, that leaves Richard Karn to, like, he had a great season, but A, you got the thing last year, dude. Yeah. You're not going to win it every time. B, you know, I mean, yeah, we had we had some really great Al episodes. Yeah. We had a bunch of great Al episodes. but Not enough, you in my opinion. You did, yeah, no, it's <laughs> never enough. I mean, well, you didn't pick Al either. Why didn't you pick Al? Uh, because I don't, okay, this might be a shitty reason to make your choice, but I honestly don't think in any future season we're going to have um enough stuff to ever choose brad again uh and that's kind of why i lean towards him because he really as you said he surprised me with um how many episodes he had and how many different things he dealt with mm-hmm. you know the the bring brought home from the cops and kind of going through that i want to be my own individual person uh storyline the the mutual the many breakups of Brad and Jenny's yeah. sordid uh relationship yeah um but then also like the lighter side where he's just kind of a dum dum sometimes and that that part of his personality starts to emerge and you you can see um both sides of it a played for laughs with like howard's end and him putting the, the fish in his pocket yeah, yeah but then also uh in bye bye birdie where he's doing bad at math uh yeah and then um earlier in that episode when he tries to stay home from school like one of the big laughs for me with his characters when he does the temperature and like burns his tongue with it it's so good like so he has comedic chops he has uh dramatic chops he's given a lot to do this season i think he's a different character at the end of the season than he was at the beginning of the season, uh, more so than any of the other characters. Yeah, I mean, all good arguments there, but I don't think it's a fair point to... Well, A, I don't have as much experience. Like, I can't remember the subsequent seasons mm. the way you do. That's and, unfair, too. Well, yeah, but... Uh, that should be taken out of consideration. Shame on you, Landon. <laughs> you know, I can't I can't make my choice based on what I think will happen in the yeah, future. I, I'm, I'm going to make mine just based on what I saw. And for me... Patricia Richardson did the best she could with the material she was given, mm. and and the show, uh, the show worked better as a result. I mean, the fact that she can be in so many situations where she's harping on the host of the on the main character of the show, say like getting angry at him for not taking their son to the ballet and instead going to do the thing that every guy watching the show wants, and for her to still her to still come off as like she's not portrayed as like a harpy she's not right. portrayed as whining or nagging it's yeah. just like tim this is important to me she did change her hair without telling you i know and i was upset by that but i've forgiven her landon and that's <laughs> what love is about all right um uh so are we agreed that richard karn is unfortunately eliminated yes i'm afraid so but okay. hey richard just polish your trophy from year one man <laughs> um what do we do here uh Fight. we are in disagreement and we disagree I mean, we can do a split. We can, you know, each release our own uh, report, I guess. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you teach the controversy. Yeah. Um, mm, arm wrestle. Seriously? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it can also just be, like, we can also just have, you know, what, what if, do we have to agree? Who says we have to? I don't want to, like, belittle, like, you're making good points. I just don't mm. agree with them. I don't want to belittle you. This is why we're not a good like dramatic fight pod like i don't need you to believe what i believe i just need you to to but you know. i support what you believe yeah and i support what you believe mm. okay let's go with jill oh okay wow <laughs> all right well i feel okay patricia richardson if you're listening to this i know that i fought for you <laughs> and i hung in there for you and i'm sorry i didn't vote for you season one but yeah. here we are and i want to say if you're listening uh i conceded because i don't want to fight against you Nice. See, uh, this is really just one big tribute to our, to our love of Patricia Richardson. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. Um, let's do a big ceremonious. Uh... <laughs>
That was more. That was one little rocket like, being shot off. You know. You know. At the end. Uh, okay. Mario Kart 64. When you win all the races, and it's like dun dun. dun well, I don't know. They, 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 yeah, you're standing on the little. Yeah. For a second. Yeah. There's blocks. this big cinematic. Everybody driving up to Mushroom Castle or whatever, yeah. and and Lakitu, you know, drops the trophy sign, <laughs> and then the fish comes out and spits up the right. trophy that floats over yep. everything. Producer Richardson, that's happening to you right now. A- ask your kids. I'm sure they played like <laughs> Mario Kart 64. They can explain how funny this bit I, is. I'm more um, attuned to the Super Nintendo version, oh. in which uh, the first, second, third, like first person was like had their arms in the air cheering. Mm-hmm. The second person had their arms crossed. They were mad, and then the third person. Uh, was just crying, and you know, and I never understood that because like there's typically like twelve competitors per race. So if you get yeah. third place, you did really. You're in the top quarter of yeah. And as some people would say, uh, it's better than second place because second place is just the first place loser. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but then, but then third place is the runner up loser. True, but you're the first place would never have gotten first place person. Yeah, uh, well, you know, we disagree, and we're in disagreement, and I don't want to fight about this either. <laughs> I concede. This has been the MVP debates and our favorites section. Um, I want to... Uh, what do I want to do here? You keep making that noise, maybe? It looks uh, great in the waveform. Uh, uh, welcome to Vocal Fry Corner. <laughs> Good God. Let's go into our reviews. Yes. We have, uh, these These are reviews, this is all written by you guys. Yes. You have spoken, and we are repeating. Yeah. Way, way, <laughs> way to make it sound really good, Landon. <laughs> it's what I do. Yeah. It's why I have a podcast. <laughs> um, so, we have a couple of iTunes reviews that we want to read for you guys. Uh, we'll, I guess, just alternate. Do you want to start first? Yeah, yeah sure. So, um, I'll kick it off with this review from TJ208. Okay. Um, Trader Joe's 208? Who knows? Store number 28. Yeah. Hey, th- hey thanks, guys. Love those uh, love those frozen Indian dinners. Um, <laughs> so, was re-watching Home Improvement since they recently streamed now on Hulu and was wondering if there was a podcast companion. Boy, is there ever. Landon and Truman have amazing chemistry and humor, aww, as they discuss each episode of that beloved 90s sitcom. Which one? I oh, home Improvement, he said that. News okay. radio, yeah. <laughs> uh, they both are hilarious and do a deep breakdown. God, we do do a deep breakdown. So deep. Of each episode that is a lot of times funnier than the actual show. Oh, well. Wow, that's, that's uh, Hey, man. I can't take credit for that. That's you saying that, not us, bro. But thank you. We appreciate it, TJ. Well, Joy. it is technically you saying it because you're verbalizing well, his words. But that's the job. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, love the grunt counter. They have so much enthusiasm and personality. So take that, every girl who ever wanted the, to go out with us. He said grunt counter as if you have like a little one of those like uh, gym coach uh, clicker thingies in his hand. I, I <laughs> is that I, the technical term? Gym I, coach. Gym, gym coach. Yeah, that's actually the name of my gym coach was Coach Clicker Thingy. Uh, <laughs> he was Polish. He's also uh, on Bojackler. <laughs> <laughs> he's the creator. Um, I think when they say love the grunt counter, they mean they love me because I'm the one who counts the grunts. Yes, of course. I would absolutely agree with that, and uh, I am in agreement with this TJ208. If you're a fan or want to rewatch the show you loved, listen to these guys now. Keep it going to end. You have my support. Well, TJ208, you have our support. Thank you for your support. Thank you. Uh, We will keep it going to end. Um, which is a long time from now. I was just telling Truman at the beginning, before we started recording, looking ahead at our schedule, and season three is going to take us into October of this year, and that blows my mind away. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if man is still alive. I mean, November, actually. I think it's going to take us through, like, the first or second week of November, and, uh... 
That's crazy. Like, our entire 2018 is going to be dedicated to season three of Home Improvement. That's yeah. a little strange. Well, I mean, but, okay, we're, like, almost five months into the year. Time doesn't exactly make sense to me. Okay. <laughs> fair. Fair. Well, it's, we've it's been here what, for a while. It's one step further than counting. Yes. Uh, and math. So. Yes. Well, there's no fractions involved, oh, thank fair, God. Fair. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm going to jump into another, the next review, mm-hmm. which is from... Uh, this guy, I think we may have uh, mentioned him once or twice on the show. His name's Scott Kersey oh, Prime. Yeah, uh, Scott Kersey Prime. It's not the clones. No. No, he's number one. He is the original. Wait, is he the one where, where you pay an annual subscription fee and you get free shipping? Uh, like, free two-day <laughs> shipping and, like, access to, like, the marvelous Mrs. Maisel? Hey, man, I didn't pay for the shipping on that uh, that awesome cross-stitch that he did. Yes, yeah, which we framed here in our <laughs> in our uh, home improvement corner. Yes, which um, I will take a picture of. Yeah, keep, now the, that, keep, the, t- no, keep the tie right I'll there. Keep the tie there. Uh, now that we have Star and Star Struck there... Um, it's starting to be built out a little bit. I know. I like it. I like it. Uh, okay. Anyway, here's what Scott Harris. Ha, here's what Scott has to say. <clears throat> this is a very, very good podcast about a very, very okay show. <laughs> wow. Put that, put that on the back of the book about <laughs> us. That's what it is. Truman and Landon have a natural rapport and engaging style reminiscent of podcasts like the Flophouse. Oh, that's if you, you know, overstating it, I think. You know the way to my heart is comparing <laughs> me to the Flophouse. You get recaps, you get Andy Rooney impressions, and you get various theories about existential meaning of fallen man in relation to the ineffable and half-hidden God. There you go. The only thing you won't get is bored. Oh, well, maybe he hasn't listened to this episode yet. <laughs> although we are yeah, just, how are you feeling at hour three here? Although we are just talking directly about him. I mean, that's that, like for, for at least one person, that's yeah. the most interesting. That's what thing. we got to start doing is just forcing people to listen to the entire episodes by reading the reviews at the end of every single episode. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Scott, thank you. Uh, having having known you since I first joined the Sprague High School speech and debate team in <laughs> 2003. Jesus wow. Christ. Uh, it's, uh, I mean, you know, I'm glad that even now that I'm living 900 miles away from you, uh, that, that we can have this new relationship where I create content and then you listen to it and make things for us and answer all of our questions. How come no one I know leaves us reviews? I, I don't know, man. Oregonians are nicer. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, yeah. I grew up in the wrong place. Oh, this is yours. So you want to take the next one? Uh, yes, I do want to take the next one. So okay. this is, uh, LP Murphy 28. I, I wasn't, I, yeah. So the note that Sherman is hesitating on here. I wasn't sure if it was... Um, if it, oh, so I wasn't sure if it was LP Murphy 28 or IP Murphy 28. Oh, I see. It could have been a lowercase I, it could have been an uppercase L. Whether it's IP Murphy 28 or LP Murphy 28, whatever it is. Yes. Um, he says, or she says, mm-hmm. I started watching Home Improvement from the beginning, now that it's streaming online, and found this podcast to go along with my journey. And what a journey it is. Oh my god, for, for you and for us, <laughs> LP slash IP Murphy 28. I'm a total sucker for 90s nostalgia, so I find this podcast very comforting to listen to. Aww. These guys are funny, smart, and have great input for each episode. Thank you. Thank you. I don't always agree. Yeah. Keep up the good work, <laughs> and we will do our best. Uh, certainly try. Um, we, we will keep up the work. Yeah, I mean, they say comforting. Uh, the only thing I can really say to that is that maybe you're like comfort food, the way that you would just chow down on too many Fritos when you're depressed. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Like, we're not good for you, but uh, there's something kind of calming about the act of putting something toxic into your body. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow, we got really deep there. <laughs> that's that's the whole that's the whole basis of Cheers, really. 
<laughs> one alcoholic struggle. <laughs> the, Former the, alcoholic. Yes, yes. Well, and 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 also a current alcoholic, Norm. I mean. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Funny, isn't it that Sam, for eleven years as a recovering alcoholic, not she's going to yell at us again. I'm just, different yes, Sam. Yes, different Sam. Different Sam. Although it would be great if Sam had a friend named Diane, so we could talk about Sam and Diane. <laughs> no, but Sam on that show, yeah. recovering alcoholic, eleven years working in a bar. Not once does he try and have an intervention for Norm, who <laughs> clearly has a debilitating alcohol. He had problem. an intervention that goes half of his sales away. True, true. Although he's, it's also made clear that he is actively bankrupting Norm. <laughs> Yes, it's true. Norm, who was always losing his job and is always like, I can't afford this. What am I going to do? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and doesn't he have like a, a long running tab? I think I'm pretty sure yeah. he does. Yeah. Um, also, uh, tangential thought. Uh, I'm very disappointed that in Weird Al Yankovic's Prime, uh, he never did a Jack and Diane parody of Sam and Diane. Oh, man, that would be amazing. Well, Landon, I think I know what we have to do now. Call out Weird Al. Yes. <laughs> force him to. Weird, Weird Al is so nice that, A, he probably already listens to our podcast just because he's that generous of a guy. <laughs> and then he would actually come in person and be like, well, hey, guys, well, I actually, I, I got my guitar with me, and uh, let's just see what we come up with. I got to be honest with you, man. I don't get starstruck very much. Oh, God, why did I use that term? Oh, dude, come on. <laughs> I, I don't get nervous around celebrities very much. I've met a number of them at this point in my life. Well, la-di-da, I'm Landon. I live in Hollywood. There, if I ever... Ever met Weird Al Yankovic? I don't think I would be able to keep my shit together. He is, he. F- All right, I've thought a lot about this. I have a very eclectic taste in music, and yes. I think I can attribute it directly to Weird Al Yankovic. He exposed you to so much. Yes, because you listen to. I mean, I was on board from like when I was five years old to currently. I mean, I don't listen to it at the the consistency that I once did, but I check out every new album and whatever he's doing. I love his stint on comedy Bang Bang. Uh UHF I think is a oh, very UHF unrated is so movie. Good. Oh man. Supplies. Uh, but the 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 fact of you listen to one of his albums and it spans so many different flavors of music really just cemented to me the the variety that exists out there. And I I He's never going to listen to this, but I want to attribute my taste in music to to Weird Al Yankovic. This has been Weird Al Corner, I guess. Yes. Uh, And we've been postponing the last (laughs) review we have to read here. Oh, yes. Uh, I have one more, which is from the Halloween podcast, which uh, I've checked out. A very, very cool podcast. Um, I would love to get on his show and talk about our Halloween episodes sometime. Absolutely. Um, Me too. Let's do it. He says, uh, the best podcast about the best 90s sitcom. Each week is a treat when these guys talk about Tim and his hijinks. Great audio. There you go. Great personalities. Thank there we you. go. Great podcasting. That's us. That's everything, man. <laughs> uh, thank I want to thank you Halloween so much podcast. for that. Yeah. yeah, that's so sweet of you guys. I'm glad you like our audio and personalities. Yeah, it's just one guy. And he oh, does thank some, you guys. like really great stuff. Uh, I, You know me. I'm big into horror. He curates um, old-timey radio shows. And, and he, oh, does, nice. like, he does a lot of pop culture stuff. Like he covers uh, the Halloween episodes of things. But he does like old uh, suspense um, broadcasts, you know, the radio drama days, mm-hmm. um, and plays them and gives them like a little context and stuff. It's a really interesting podcast. You should check it out. It's nice. simply called the Halloween podcast, which is like, how'd you snag that name guy? Yeah. Um, so it's all about the movie Halloween. <laughs> uh, another one that I would do to be yeah. perfectly honest. I have a theory about that franchise that we won't go into, but we have not, we have spent too much time. <laughs> uh, and then this takes us into our follower shout outs. Oh, yes. uh, this is more on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, and I'm going to say specifically Twitter, not Facebook. Um, just cause there, I don't know. There wasn't a lot of, uh, 
We don't do a whole lot on Facebook. Yeah. We're there. I update it once a week, but there's not a lot of engagement. I don't really. Yeah, man. Get, hey, hey, man. Twitter. Cambridge Analytica. Screw them. Like, get on, <laughs> get on Twitter. Twitter's with. I mean, Facebook is dying. Like, like our Facebook page, but also, love, but love our Twitter. Love page. our Twitter. Really engage on Twitter. Uh, I love engaging on Twitter. Um, so <laughs> hobbies engaging on Twitter <laughs> that may or may not be on my resume. Um, so I put out a poll. Uh, earlier this season, actually right before we did the Pasquin interview, that asked, um, if you'd like to see a reboot, which of these would you like to see a reboot of? Would you like to see your last man standing? Would you like to see home improvement? Uh, neither or both? Yeah. Those are the, the choices. And uh, do you want to take a, a, a guess at the results? Was it last man standing? As the winner? Winner. No. Last man standing... Dead last, actually. Really? Yeah. Fuck, I don't know, man. You, okay, I, don't let me stab in the All dark. Right. 69% of the votes got nice. home improvement. Nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> dude. I'm also wearing Bill yeah, and Ted Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bill and Ted shirt. Excellent. Um, uh, 20% got neither. Okay. 8% wow. got both. 3% got last man standing. Okay, I think that's proof, guys, that the home improvement reboot is what we want. <laughs> Tim Allen, give it to us. Home Improvement Reboot. Yes. And I've got some shout-outs here. Um, Shout-out from the rooftops. Uh, we just spoke of this uh, this gent, but uh, the Halloween podcast says, uh, Home Improvement has to come back. It just has to. Fuck all the naysayers. Yeah. Fuck those horses. <laughs> uh, so this is it, obviously in relation to the poll. Um, Mr. Lizard Kings, uh, Kings with a Z. He this is, is the Lizard King. Yeah, this is John Smythe, Smythe oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that we talked about. Yeah, from Edinburgh. Yeah. Uh, he says, uh, was torn between home improvement and neither simply because reboots hardly ever work or excite me much. They do work per Roseanne and 20 million people watching it. Whether yes. it excites you or not is a different matter. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they can work. They don't always work. Um, I would venture to say the Fuller House doesn't work, really. No. But they are really trying to make it. <laughs> um, uh, Frasier reboot would work. Just saying. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and Black Cheers. <laughs> you, have, you've, you've really got those you're pushing for those two requests I want regular Fraser right. to come back and I want black cheers well, bring me bring me the petition and I'll consider signing it I'll work on it okay uh, and then we've got a frequent uh, engager is that a, a word that you use I don't know sure man these we're living in 2018 uh, this uh, person called Infinite Whovian mm -hmm. uh, who you can find at at Dr. Who Fan 19 um, simply says Home Improvement gets my vote. Good for good for you, man. Hey, you know what? <laughs> you know what? Uh, don't don't use any more words than you need to. It's pretty clear. <laughs> yeah, nice and simple, concise. Um, yeah. And then I have to just mention a few of these people uh, who I said I would retweet, um, or who I said I would call out if they uh, retweeted us. It's a verbal retweet. Yeah. Uh, so there, these are the people that retweeted the poll um, at B R E Moon Princess. Her name is Bree. Uh, she works at Pop Lurker, oh, um, yeah, which yeah. we talked about uh, yeah. before, and uh, the Halloween podcast, uh, which you can find on Twitter at the Halloween Pod. Um, cinematically correct, which I think is an interesting concept for a podcast. Uh, you can find them at Cinematically C, um, which is uh, this is their their statement. Ever heard the saying "the woman is always right"? Well, Tyler and Shay prove that that trope true as they debate about movies in, and then the rest of it cuts off. So. <laughs> Uh, I like that idea that it's two women talking. I'm I'm all about um. There's a hashtag called like Lady Pod 
Lady Pod Squad. Oh yeah, I'm totally for that. Very as 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 two white cis dudes of the podcast, we are very <laughs> much supportive of women having podcasts, and, and opinions and and things. So please keep doing that because you needed permission from us to do <laughs> yeah, right. it. Uh, they would have stopped. You just you have our support in whatever way yeah. you want it. Um, Kiersey Jeffries at Kiersey Travels. Oh she yeah she's a she's a gem. Big fan of her. <laughs> I've heard of her before. Yes, as have I. Uh you can follow her travel blog at vengavallevamos.com. Vale vamos. Vale. Uh V E N G A V A L E V A M O S.com. If you if you want travel tips about how to go basically anywhere in the world, do it on a budget, have the best damn time yeah. of your life. That 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 blog, which is run by my girlfriend, is the <laughs> best place to find it. And I'm not just saying that because she's my girlfriend. She's a genius. Yeah. She's been to 72 different countries, has lived abroad, speaks multiple languages. She can teach you shit that you don't know. <laughs> or uh, knew you ever need to know. Yes, exactly. That also. Yeah. So please go listen. Uh, listen or read. Whatever. Listen we, with your eyes. <laughs> We've already called these guys out quite a few times, but Fan Theory World, uh, which you can find at Fan Theory World. Uh, and then finally, Pilots and Petards podcast? Pilots and... Is that like Dungeons and Dragons? <laughs> uh, I don't know, but you can find them at, uh, at Pilots and Petards on Twitter. Hoist them on them. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah. Um, those are our follower shoutouts uh, for this end of the season spectacular. Um do you have anything else that I, you want to cover that we didn't cover? Landon, I have cu- I have said everything I can say. Uh, I I have nothing. There is nothing less left to give. I have four more hours of content. Is that okay? <laughs> yeah, that's that, that's great. You just splash some Gatorade up my asshole and let's let's do it. I don't know why there. I just like, Gatorade enema. Yeah. Um, then I'm gonna I'm gonna give us the outro of this. I give it give it to me. All right. Uh, you can find all sorts of information about this episode and more on our website, which is www.gruntworkpodcast.com. There you can also sign up for our weekly newsletter, which is the best way to be notified of new episodes. Get our show notes directed <laughs> directly into your inbox, uh, as well as any kind of news and updates about what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, we've launched a merchandise page filled to the brim with home improvement items. So if you're looking to get uh, Tim's metaphysical physical book uh yeah he has one that's not don't stand close to a naked man that's a metaphysical point too, he, he has a second book uh yeah. that you can get um that will not only help fill out your home improvement collection but it'll also help support our show mm-hmm. um if you enjoyed our show please share it wherever you can do you know how to share it i i know how to share how do you share you share well by by you know, t- telling other people about it and by putting it on social media, tweeting about us. Take a link and you, you paste it and you yeah. hit send. Yeah, post. exactly. Yeah, right? th- I, I'm pretty sure that's it. You just put your lips together and blow. <laughs> Thank you, Bacall. Um, You're welcome. <laughs> wow. Not, that's not her voice. <laughs> it is now. Um, rest in peace. <laughs> so, uh, you know what I like about Lauren Bacall? <laughs> you know what I like about whistling? <laughs> I never really finish these, so it's not really a good Rudy impression. Some people don't finish things, other people do. Some people delay the already very long podcast even further with an impression that some people like, other people don't. But you know what? Andy Rooney started in our last uh, season spectacular episode. It's true. What a what a good place to bring it full circle. That's very true. Is this your covert way of saying, and put it to bed? <laughs> no, because I love it, and I'm not going to refute uh, what the people want. So, um... You can also leave us an iTunes review, letting us know how much you love Andy Rooney impressions. <laughs> and, and then nothing else about our show. Because <laughs> uh, these things really help other people find us in this uh, this crowded, 
very noisy world that is called the internet and yeah. we need help uh being hoisted above the noise to be seen and cherished by others i don't need to be cherished by anybody uh hey man, I, I cherish to. you every day oh thank you that's so all i need that see and and same for me there you go but if you cherish our podcast please elevate it because our podcast needs cherishing <laughs> um you can also follow us on all the social media network places which is at grunt work pod and so with that uh who have you been uh, Landon Solano. I'm, I've been Truman Caps, I'm almost certain. <laughs> and together, for this entire second season of Home Improvement, yes. we have been Grunt, Grunt work. work. Doing it right. Doing it right.